Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Abby Collins, and you're listening to the TFG1 Podcast. Yeah, you said you're cloning. You said you should probably clone yourself. First thing I thought of was Starscream because he's always trying to clone himself. He is that nasty, <laughs> nasty deceptive? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm a par- I'm partial to Decepticons. Let's be real. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> I, I mean, it's just no fun being nice all the time. Hello and welcome to the TFG1 All Things Transformers TFG2 podcast crossover interview. I am one of your hosts, TFG and Mike, and joining me is Steve Megatron. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you? Good. Yes. Give David K a run for his money. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, and this... Uh, First of many uh, interviews this year celebrating the 30th anniversary of Transformers, we welcome Starscream's daughter, Mrs. Abby Gluster. Hello. Hello. How are you, Abby? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm really excited to do this with you guys. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I was like, hmm, we need an insider, not only to Starscream himself, but... uh, to the workings of, of, of Hollywood and how that goes, and you are just everywhere nowadays, aren't you? I'm trying. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be as many places at once as possible. Yeah. Much like Starscream. Yes. Too bad they haven't perfected that cloning technology but, yet. Well, with the technology, just catch up with the with the fan fiction already, please. <laughs> really appreciate that. Oh no, not the fan fiction. Oh god. <laughs> wow, my head hurts already. Oh boy. I honestly can say that I think that's one of the reasons that I grew to dislike Starscream over the years, the character in general. I know. And it, it just really depends on how he's portrayed and who voices him. I agree. Um it you know, as I said in the introduction, Abby is Chris Lotta's daughter. Uh, may he rest in peace. Um, and it's just one of those things where since his incarnation, there have been only, I think, two that I've enjoyed. Uh, are- Tom Kenny. Okay, huh? I was going to say, who are your two? And I'll tell you mine. <laughs> Tom Kenny and Animated. All right. And Steve Bloom and Prime. All right. I love Steve Bloom. He's one of my. I'm a. I love Charlie. 
Oh, from the movies, yeah. Charlie, but just as a human being, and as <laughs> but uh, but I I'm I'm pretty much on board with you though. I think those are I mean they're awesome. All three of them are great. Yeah, I, I mean I guess you could make an argument for Doug Parker in Beast Wars when Waspinator became Starscream, right? The whole ghost thing, but it's nah. Yeah. All right, so before we get started with the questions, um, give us the scoop on what's going on in the world of, of Abbey Cluster. What have you been up to recently? What uh, Any hidden projects you well, aren't supposed to reveal that you will? Of course not. I keep <laughs> and I keep my mouth shut. <laughs> but um, so for people who don't know, like I mostly have started in theater, which is mm-hmm. a lot of musical theater. Um, and then about a year and a half ago, really started hitting the ground very hard pursuing voiceover work. Um, I was like, hey, I forgot this was a thing. <laughs> that I could have, like, I've always been a fan and then obviously kind of grew up around it. But I was like, wait, I could do that too. So I just started, you know, hitting the ground running. I've done a lot of, um, for some people know about the podcast that I do with Rob Paulson, his Talking Tunes podcast that I help him out on, which is super fun. And just, you know, plugging away, auditioning for things, booking small stuff. Uh, I'm in two different musical theater shows right now, and then I'm choreographing another one. So just kind of all over the place. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So where did you grow up and what was it like? Okay. I grew up, we were, I was born in Burbank, uh, right near all of the studios that my dad worked at, and he decided um, he didn't want to be in L.A. at the end of the day anymore, so we moved out to Ventura, California, which is um, maybe about an hour outside of Los Angeles, an hour north. It's a coastal town. Very cute. Uh, he was our, um, he was actually the assistant coach to my baseball team, so that was always interesting. <laughs> because <laughs> he would in fact yell at us like Starscream when we were underperforming um, definitely had a lot of interesting conversations when uh, rooms needed to be cleaned things needed to get done around the house always Starscream or Cobra would pop out but uh it was definitely interesting growing up the child of such an exuberant performer. Yeah, I, I, I can only imagine. Um, <laughs> I mean, he is exactly as crazy as you think he, he was, but with a heart of gold. <laughs> oh. So, uh, growing up with a, a dad like Cobra Commander and Starscream, <laughs> did right. that influence you at all for um, your, your wanting to become an actress and a uh, voice actor? Absolutely. I mean, I think at first, when I first started kind of doing performing, I stayed really far away from voiceover. And I think it was part of me being a little bit terrified of his kind of, I mean, legendary status, if you will. Because there's a lot, you know, it's it's a lot of pressure when you go into something that you have, you're following in the footsteps of someone who's very well known and very specifically known for a certain type of performing. Um, and, you know, he's a boisterous, 
six foot two, 200 pound man, and I'm kind of a loud five foot six girl who sounds like a 10 year old on the phone. (laughs) There's, I had to just stop kind of comparing myself to it when I went into the voiceover world and Mm -hmm. really find my own kind of niche and performing ability. Which is think, which is I think why I was so pulled to the theater world um, initially, because it's just a different outlet for that same kind of insatiable creative need. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is like growing up around someone who's so performance and animated and just in general just a very open and interesting person. It lends itself to kind of being that way naturally yourself. You know, like, I didn't really see any other option. I don't like filing. I don't like real work. I like to play. So it was, I kind of have no other skills. <laughs> yeah, nobody likes real work. I mean, real work, I mean, who, I, I commend those who really enjoy being accountants, but it's just not something that I could do. I have my own fascination with numbers, but I never took it that far. (laughs) I mean, numbers are, I mean, you know, they, it's a thing, but it's not something that I'm interested in. So, so tell us the uh, story of how you broke into the business. Okay. It's actually kind of a, it's kind of a fun, kind of one of those kismet stories. I was doing a lot of theater dancing um and I got married and found myself pregnant and was like oh wait a second I can't tap dance anymore while I'm pregnant that's not a thing I can do to pay bills anymore (laughs) so um I kind of decided I'm gonna kind of switch gears and really start pursuing this I've had a fascination with it my whole life as kind of this thing that was so revered by the work that my father did and just revered by peers who were fangirls too because I grew up a fangirl of lots of different genres that I was like you know what I'm going to go after it so I found a box in my in my garage that was full of old call sheets um, for Transformers for G.I. Joe for all different kinds of things and I just started pulling names and going down the list and trying to find people on Facebook and trying to find people on Twitter and email and just Googling them and seeing who was still working and who wasn't. Um, and uh, I got in, t- uh, in touch with the first person to respond to me was Flint Dilly, oh. uh, from, who was just the nicest guy. He was like, oh my God, I loved your father. I can't believe, like, I literally can't believe that I'm talking to you right now. Just started reminiscing about working with him and put me in touch with Pete Sinclair over at um, BotCon. Mm-hmm. And the first job I ever did in any kind of voiceover work was doing the live script reading at BotCon in 2011. That's oh, awesome. wow. Yeah. I was thrown into the deep end of the pool with David Kay and Morgan Lofting and and just a ton of Greg Berger and Neil Ross and just a ton of incredibly talented people. And I was like, all right, well, I guess we're hitting the ground running with this. <laughs> yep. So uh, it was 
beyond what I would have expected. And I haven't, I haven't been able to stop since it's become a, it's a really terrible addiction. <laughs> it sounds like a fun one. It's a, it's the funnest of the addictions. I feel like of the addictions one could have performing is probably the safest. <laughs> yes. Maybe Ooh, next to that's... cuddles or my little pony. That'll come up later. Oh. Um, <laughs> all right. So you mentioned Flint Dilly. Now I've, I believe it was on the, I think it was the 2007 release of the Transformers movie where either on the commentary or somewhere he mentioned some story where he had to bail your dad out of jail. That he is... didn't know what he was in for, but okay. So he. This is this is the story as I was told as a child. So it could have been edited for my safety. Okay. But, but I have never heard anything different, and I'm sticking to it. So my father okay. moved to California from New York, uh, and New Jersey. He grew up. He was born in New Jersey. Lived in New York his whole life. Jaywalking, not a thing there. Doesn't exist. In Southern California, if you cross the street, like when you don't have a walk sign, you can actually be ticketed for it. So my father apparently racked up an exorbitant amount of jaywalking tickets. And at one point, the dude was like, do you have like 400 jaywalking tickets you haven't paid and arrested him? (laughs) So my dad was in jail for jaywalking. (laughs) Which is a thing, apparently. So that's wow. the story I've told my whole life. Um, I'm not 100% convinced it's the truth, but that's the story the seven-year-old version of me was told, and that's the only information I have about it. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's exactly the answer you were not expecting, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, it's different than what we've probably heard elsewhere, yeah. so that's good. That's good. Yeah. All right. Um, did you ever get into any of the stuff that your dad was doing at the time? Were you watching Transformers as a kid, or were you a My Little Pony fan? I was a Transformers fan, definitely. G.I. Joe. But I was also watching it kind of after it. I'm a little bit, I'm just on the tail end of that generation. I was born in 86. So, as was I. Uh, there you go. See, so I was kind of introduced to it slightly after the fact. Not, I wasn't watching it when it was on air, but we had all the tapes and all sorts of, you know, all of the memorabilia around the house, and so it was kind of a forced, a forced watch. But I also enjoyed it either way. <laughs> I, I had Transformers bed sheets, and I still have my original Optimus Prime, and I have all sorts of fun Transformers trinkets around the house from growing up with it. Uh, With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But I I think that my favorite when I was that age, I'm gonna I was a gem fan. 
<laughs> you know, it's not just a cartoon for girls, right? Right. No, I know it's not at all. I mean, my brother, I would watch Transformers and Cobra with him, or in G.I. Joe with him, and he would watch Gem with me. And don't ever let, if you ever meet him, don't ever let him tell you differently because <laughs> they're singing along just like me and my friends. He knew all the words. You know, I, it's just one of those things, like, that has always really made me mad about some of the parts of different fandoms where it's like oh jim that's a girl's cartoon girls cartoons don't have you know cars exploding while they're falling off cliffs what what does that mean like hello (laughs) bronies let i mean yeah let's not even go there i mean it's not the girls schmurls it's an awesome cartoon it is it is awesome yes but yeah i was definitely and then, like, when I really liked, on like, when I was younger, All Real Monsters was another one of my, like, in the 90s, was one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Yep. For sure. Yep. Also, technically not a girl cartoon, but fuck it! <laughs> <laughs> so... Did you ever hear any crazy stories uh, from the voice acting sessions, or uh, did you actually go to any of them as a kid? I have very few. I have very few memories. I like remember sitting in the control room during a couple. Like, uh, but the only memories I have of them are like because I was like little, little. I was like two. Is like yeah. sitting there, like <laughs> spinning around in a desk chair. While like while he was playing with the controls and telling them to do more things, need more lines. We need to be here for twenty hours, people. I know, right? Get it right. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. And um, and I mean, my dad is as as troubled as he was at times. Was always on task when he was in the booth or on set. Um, he did a live action movie. Uh, called give me a second, Strangers Among Us mm-hmm. with James Gandolfini and Melanie Griffith and um, there's this scene in the movie where they're like him and uh, Mr. Gandolfini are just sprinting down the street and my dad broke his foot on the first take of that oh wow and did it 15 more times oh wow like as 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 the de- the demons he had one of not one of them was not not giving 110% every time he went up to do his job so that's wow. probably my favorite my favorite story about him as an as just as, that's just his personality like it's just to give 150 when someone asks you for 100 that was uh that was i think what he would want people to to talk about uh in his in his absence yeah. Yeah. So, who are some of the other voice actors that have influenced you over the years? Let's see. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge Rob Paulson fan. There's nothing. I mean, nothing. I was also a huge Ninja Turtles fan when I was a kid. So, having having the opportunity just to talk to him on a regular basis and just the breadth of his work that spans from when I was a kid to now watching things on Disney Junior with my son that he's in. Like, every time I change the channel, Rob Paulson's voice pops up. 
on something. <laughs> He's everywhere. That man is everywhere. Uh, so he's obviously a huge influence. Um, Charlie Adler, just the amount of heart and soul and tenacity and just he there is no there is no punches pulled and you get no bullshit from Charlie Adler ever. Like <laughs> he he knows his shit and he is probably one of the most open and inspirational people I've had the the pleasure of uh, working one on one with. He is phenomenal to work with. Um, yeah. I mean, and I've I've had the the just great luck and and gratitude for the people that Rob has introduced me to through the podcast as well. From like I got to meet Randy Rogel, who is just stupid talented with song the songs he writes and that kind of stuff. Just and then you know anything that I've met the people through the botcon world like. David Kay is the nicest, one of the nicest men I've ever met. The him getting down, David Kay is an adorable man anyway because he's just really nice to look at. <laughs> him getting down and like talking face to face with like the three year old who just can't wait to get his autograph and like picking them up and taking photos with them just makes him a thousand times more attractive. I'd also say like um. Gray Delisle is, I'm a huge fan of hers. Just, she's, she's a, she's a classy lady. She's really fun to talk to and just a really great, um, a great influence for where I would love to be at one point in my career. Yeah. We'll have to get her on here one of these days. You should. She is fun to talk to. You might need to put an explicit warning on your podcast though. They're always on there. They're always explicit. Yeah. All right. Don't be fine then. We'll fuck it. Yeah. We we made that decision for well. I made that decision day one. I said I am not podcasting for children. Excellent. All right. Well, (laughs) let's talk about all them bitches and hoes then. Uh, Oh man. No, she uh, she took Wikipedia by storm. She said, "This is the photo you people have." No, here, here's my wiki photo. Yeah, she's 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 definitely one who's like will let you know what she wants and does not want. Yeah, but she's she's awesome. But yeah, I think those would be like the list of maybe my top few influences, and it changes. Like I am also influenced by people who aren't. Uh, voiceover actors like singers and performers like I'm a huge Sutton Foster fan who's a big Broadway performer and um, uh, uh, B.B. Newworth I love I think she's phenomenal just you know there's just there's influences all over the place I think yeah yeah so what are some of your goals and your journey that where you want to be in the uh, voice acting business, say five years from now? Oh, five years from now, I'm uh, five years from now. I'm pretty sure if I'm not in at least, I don't know. I want to be on one. I want to be on one show that is in at least its second or third season. <laughs> I want a steady paycheck. <laughs> if and and you know what? More than anything, I just want to still love it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't ever want to get to a point in my career where I'm performing for the money or performing for for the rote of it or the job of it. Like, every day that I get to do this as a job is 
such an exhilarating and just mind-boggling positive energy in my life that I I can't really imagine it ever sucking even if I'm still just working a couple times a week, you know? Mhm. Yeah. Just yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> it's just not any other way like I think my probably main goal would be I would love to work with uh with Butch Hartman would be a huge thing for me. I, we'll go with that. That's my five-year plan. I want in the next five years. I would like to work with Butch Hartman. Butch Hartman, I hope you're listening to this. Oh God, I can so see you as Timmy's cat hey, instead of his dog. Yeah. <laughs> totally can happen. <laughs> Butch Hartman, please write a cat into fairly, fairly on parents, and I'll be there to audition. Oh man, I I'm really surprised. I I don't know how. I believe it's only happened once in 30 years that there's been a female star scream. I'm really surprised that they wouldn't attempt to come to you in the future for a female star scream. You know, I would love the opportunity to audition if it happened. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there was Slipstream, and that's kind of as close as we've gotten. Yeah. And. Uh, I mean, the opportunity to audition for something like that would be just so surreal and life-altering and life-affirming, let's be real. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I feel like I might be kind of intimidated, I mean, to be completely honest, by an audition like that, because I feel like I'd come in and people would expect my dad to come some sort of creepily seance through my body (laughs) into the audition. (laughs) But, uh... I'm sure that uh, they would understand that I would bring my own flavor to it. Yeah. Uh, but that would, I mean, that would be just beyond ideal and so fun. And kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and kind of creepy, to be 100% honest about it. But creepy in a good I re- way? I... Yeah, I remember when we did talk to Steve Bloom, he said, because uh, there was one moment in Prime where it, he sounded dead on. Yeah. Dead on like G1 Starscream. And he told us, he said, they don't have me do that often, but when they do, I know to do it when they start throwing up jazz hands in the booth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, God. One of the things that I always heard about my dad in the booth is his pro- his uh, ability to sweat beyond what any normal capable human being should sweat out during a session. <laughs> and it's, it's Wally, those, those long sessions, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, he, like he had a towel in there with him. He would change shirts halfway through. Like he was, uh, it's, I think it goes back to that. Always giving a hundred and 55% every time you go and do something. Now, do you know, was he one of those performers that at times would have to stand up for lines, or did he always just sit on the... Oh, no, he never sat down. Okay. No, he was not a sitter, my father. Because he, I mean, he he came from a world of stand-up comedy, and he was not a a park and bark, as you say. Like, he was very engaged and, like, walked around, and he had this whole bit about being, like, this... His thing was he was a psychotic who learned to market his problems was his big his big uh bit that he would do a lot with um stand up comedy. Um which I actually hope to people should keep an eye out. I'm I'm working on my website, abigailcollins.com and um 
I'm going to have a, a corner kind of section of the website that's going to be uploaded videos of some of his stand-up stuff and stuff that people haven't had an opportunity to see yet. Um, so that's really cool to be working on. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I have. I mean, we have hundreds and hundreds of hours of of different stand-up routines, and I have live-action appearances and interviews. Like, I we have video of interviews that he did at Star Trek conventions. Just all kinds of really interesting stuff that I think that people would do and will want to see. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Because that's, I think, the, the thing that people ask me the most is just, like, they're hungry to kind of get to know who he was as a person. Uh, yeah. As opposed, because, you know, I think that it would blow his mind how what the longevity of the work that he did. Did he have any idea back then what what this would turn out to be? I between Transformers and GI Joe I, and everything else. I really don't think so. I think for him, he was just going to work and getting paid to do something he loved to do. I don't think the breadth of what has kind of become the Transformers world and the GI Joe world and just the the conventions and the and the websites and the podcasts and just things that would still be happening to this day. 30 years later just yeah. would never have crossed his mind. Never. I think he'd be, I think he'd be three things about it. I think he'd be humble. I think he'd be grateful. And I think one of my favorite quotes from him um, was he called home during a, during a Star Trek convention at one point and was like, Oh my God to my mom and was like oh my god honey these people think this is real <laughs> so I think he'd be a little bit shocked <laughs> about the the level of, uh, of fandom about it but he would just I think he would eat it up he would love it okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No and the opportunity to do the live appearances, like, I guarantee he would have been the first person on any panel for BotCon or anything like that. He would be just so game to jump in there and interact with people about it. So, oh, okay. which is yeah. why I feel like when people ask me to do it, I'm like, absolutely. Why the hell? Yeah. I would, I mean, if I had the opportunity to talk to people who were affected by his work, I'm there a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. I'm, you know, cause we share that and I share that in common with fans. I'm a fan just as much yeah. as I am his daughter. So what, what franchises are you a fan of today? As far as animation's concerned? Or just animation, anything. Just my nerdy fandom. Yeah, let's go with that. What's your nerdy I, obsession? <laughs> my biggest nerdy obsession is Harry Potter. I am a huge Harry Potter nerd. Like, tattooed Harry Potter nerd. Beyond. I don't, it's just, I w I'm still waiting for my letter from Hogwarts. It's coming, guys. <laughs> I swear to God, it's coming. Um, I've recently been kind of doctored into the Doctor Who. 
uh, I have a friend who started me on, um, started me on nine and I got through, uh, I got through 11 and then now I've, I've actually, I'm going back to one before I watch anything, anything new. Interesting. Uh, which, and I am just enjoying the shit out of it. <laughs> I, uh, very much like Dr. Hill. Um, as far as, uh, this is completely girly and unless, I mean, you can argue with me, but I won't believe you. Downton Abbey is totally the best thing on television. <laughs> and I don't believe that guys watch that unless their wives make them. I can but those see are that. Probably, I think those are probably my three biggest current obsessions. And then, like, as far as animation is concerned, I'm anything that Butch Hartman does. I love Fairly Odd Parents. I loved Danny Phantom. Um, I haven't really watched a lot of Tough Puppy, but what I've seen of it, I just... I love it. It's awesome. So uh, I think yeah. that man has such a unique, even just the animation style is unique and fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've gotten into fairly odd parents. I've seen several different episodes of tough puppy. Right. Um, haven't seen Danny phantom, but I, I really do enjoy fairly odd parents. So what is so funny to me about that is Darren Norris is Cosmo and yet he can play completely straight voice in Knockout and Prime. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Darren, we had him on the podcast uh, right around when I started working on it with Rob. Mm-hmm. And that man, his range is just, it's incredible. It's incredible. The amount, the full voice, the deep stuff he can do, the crazy high stuff, like original Cosmo versus like where Cosmo has kind of settled. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy, and then, you know, we've got the, um, who's the Arnold schwarzenegger one on Fairly Oh, Why? Uh, is it Bennett? No. No, it's not Bennett. Uh, it's not Jeff Bennett. No, it's, it's, um... I mean, Darren does it. I just can't remember the name of the character. Oh, um... Crap! I, know. I can't either. I know, but that guy, it's... you know, the military. I mean, I mean, it's just so, it's just so mind-boggling the range that that man has, and to boot, one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. Yeah. Which is wonderfully something you can say about a lot of people in the voiceover world. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's it's Hollywood, but it's not Hollywood with all the drama. Exactly. It takes the and it takes the a lot of time it takes the self-obsession out of the work. Cuz I think that that is and I'm not saying that on-camera people are terrible people, but I'm, you know, there has to be a little bit of narcissism that goes into being like, "I'm so pretty. I think people want to look at me a lot." <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, like you know, it's just a, it's a, it's kind of a freeing a freeing world, and I feel like that when you can be free to kind of do whatever the hell you want, then in the booth, like you, you're more confident with yourself and just less intimidated by the people around you. So I think it just gives you an opportunity to be a nicer person. Because mm-hmm. oh yeah, completely does. You're not you're not uh, playing out of a place of fear, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that would be Jurgen von Strangle. Thank you, Jurgen. Yeah, he, that is also Darren. Huh, just see, that's the, interesting. Exactly. The amount that you would just, you're like, oh, that's the same guy as Cosmo? Totally. Never would have pegged that. <laughs> well, because so many different voice actors do Arnold impressions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, and same thing with Walken. Like, oh. there's so many, every single voice actor I've ever heard an interview with, 
everybody does a walk-in, and then I, I hear Rob always saying, oh, well, Jeff Bennett does it best, and, you know, this, that, and the other thing, and everything else. Jeff so, Bennett does everything best. Let's just get yes. that very clear. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> I was, I went and saw a bunch of them do, I don't know if you heard or saw, or um, the Voices for the Shore, um, Sandy Relief, that they did, uh, they read, a bunch of them got together and read a copy of The Christmas Carol. Uh, no, I didn't hear about oh, that. Oh man, you should look it up. It's called Voices for the Shore. And it's like Jeff and Rob and I'm trying to remember who else is there. Uh Corey Burton and just a uh Carl Walgren and a bunch of and Gray Delisle was there, a bunch of just super talented uh act voice actors. Um doing like their most famous characters and then also celebrity impressions of the different characters and, and reading all of through, uh, the Christmas Carol. Um, really funny, but I, I went and saw the live audience thing and I was just floored by Bennett's ability to do impressions. Just, there's no, like I- including, um, Edith, uh, from the, the, like, Archie, like that whole bit, like, like <laughs> Edith from all <laughs> the family. Oh wow, the family, like Jeff Bennett busting that out, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, what? You shouldn't physically be able to do that. <laughs> but uh, Edith Bunker, that sort of Bunker. Yeah, yeah. So just everything was just so good and so spot on and entertaining. Such a good, and you know, all a bunch of all the proceeds went to uh, Sandy Relief. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. That's great. That's great. So how did you end up working with Rob or assisting him on talking tunes? Okay. Um, my very good friend Justin Charles Cowden, who is uh, also a voiceover actor. He was on um Emperor's New School and uh oh man, he's gonna kill me for not remembering all the other things that he worked on, but I can't at the top off the top of my head. But he was um Ozzy and Drix. He was an Ozzy and Drix. Um, but he, he's my husband's best friend. He's our son's godfather. Like he's, he's the dude, but he, um, (laughs) he was in Kinko's one day down in the Valley and ran into Rob who he had worked on Ozzy and Drix with, I believe. And they got to talking and Justin was literally on his way to Ustream to watch the first episode of a show that we tried, that we worked on there called, um, show interrupted and Mm. the first guest on show interrupted was going to be maurice lamarche the voice of the brain and countless other things uh so he was going to be our first guest on that show and justin came and kind of was telling rob where he was going and rob was like oh that's so interesting like i what's this you stream that you speak of i'm doing the podcast (laughs) Yada yada yada. So Justin's like, let me get you in touch with James, who's my husband, who is a production manager over at Ustream. And uh, so James got in touch with, or got Rob's information and called him, and kind of he actually facilitated bringing Rob on as well. So instead of just having Maurice for the first guest, the first guest on this was both Pinky and the Brain. So um, and then Rob and James had a discussion afterwards and talked about, you know, trying the podcast out on Ustream. And we, you know, we, for those of you who follow it, we've gone through a few different iterations where we were doing it in the studio and then at the Lovitz and now we're at the improv. But the amount in which the show has grown and changed and just kind of taken a life of its own 
started uh, with a meeting of two old coworkers in Kinkos. Has gone from there, and uh, I just happened to be there to be to be uh, paing on the show interrupted, and I was like, "Hey, you're Rob Paulson, and you're Maurice Marsh, and you both worked with my dad, and this is weird." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like just, and both of them were so gracious and so, uh, just as everyone else I've met in the voiceover world has just so inviting, and uh, and Rob was like, and I started doing private lessons with Rob and. So it just kind of grew from there. And he's now like a member of my family. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so funny that everyone always says, and, and Rob has said this too, but he says he can't remember which ones. It's so funny now that I'm rewatching Generation 1 for mm-hmm. the upcoming TFG2 podcast. Right. I, I'm like, hey, wait, why does Air Raid sound like Wacko? Yeah. Yakko. And I'm like, hey, wait a second. That's Rob Paulson in the 80s. Oh, my God. I swear to God, the man doesn't age. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No. He has, yeah. So he, his voice sounds the same. His spunky demeanor. He's, he really is, in the most serious way, a joy to be around. Um, I, I honestly think he uses that just for men gray just to gray out his hair. It's true. <laughs> he probably has beautiful flowing raven locks that he is. that he tries to age himself. And his beautiful exactly. teeth. It's the beautiful teeth that get me every time. It's the cartoons that keep him immortal. Exactly. I'm pretty sure yeah. he's sucking the children's soul through the screen as he does the, the voices on Disney Junior. He's like, give me your youth! Well, it's it's funny because I my son is actually uh, f- sixteen months, and he he watches Disney Junior, and I was watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse with him, uh-huh. and oh, I hear Toodles, and I'm like, wait, that's Rob. That is Rob. <laughs> my son's two year. My son is going to be two in less than two weeks, and he is having a fully Toodles. Mickey Mouse Club house themed birthday party. That's what my son had for his first birthday. (laughs) You know, it just, oh, two. And it's like, it's easy to say when you're two, like, Mm -hmm. toodles. But yeah, we uh, we watch a lot of Mickey Mouse in my house. A lot of Mickey Mouse. (laughs) I mean, I love Mickey Mouse, don't get me wrong, but that's a sound here all day long. Uh, but he actually, you know what, he is very, all of a sudden, getting very into the Ninja Turbles. <laughs> Ninja Turbles. Ninja Turbles, mama. Okay, I can get down with this for sure. So he's watched, he's now seen a few episodes of both the original and the new Ninja Turtles. And it is now his, he now has picked out his own Ninja Turtles uh, nightlight. Donatello shines on his ceiling in, in, in the night. <laughs> One of those awesome. projector nightlights. And he makes me put him in the same. I had to go buy extra Ninja Turtle pajamas because he would not let me put him to bed in anything else. So I think I have a brewing uh, Turtles mega fan on my hands. (laughs) I'm grooming my son to be uh, into just about everything I was, which is Turtles, Batman, Transformers. Oh, if you ask my son what Batman says, he goes, Batman. My son points it at Batman, and because I I have one of the masks, 
uh-huh. uh, one of the toy masks. I put it on my face sometimes, and he goes, I- every time he sees Batman, he says, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and he carries around this little tiny Batman figure, and he has Optimus Prime, and then the two of them fight, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Don't cross the streams. Don't cross the streams. Yeah, uh, Liam has a a a couple. He has a little cobra, and he calls them. Um, I mean, you know, we try to talk as much about his grandpa that he'll never meet. Uh, but he is he calls him Papa Cobra and Papa Starscream, which <laughs> I think awesome. is, it, it's adorable and heartbreaking at the same time for me. But uh, it's pretty awesome. He also calls his Donatello doll Uncle Rob. <laughs> which i can't imagine has got to be so confusing for a two-year-old like wait wait why do you sound like my i don't know what's happening who are you <laughs> they're poor little brains they just have no hope for being anything but mega nerds when they're kids of ours yeah i i sit there and i read them stories and character voices because as mike will mention i mimic a lot of character voices from cartoons and okay. various other things so yeah. i'm sitting there reading like aladdin or reading transformers or or batman and and mimicking all the voices of the characters and he's sitting there looking at me like you're scaring me <laughs> the looks uh, the judge they can be so judgmental even when they're not even two yet it's really yeah. impressive the looks that they're able to give oh, it was so funny I, when when was it when we interviewed pat frilly that you broke out you're crying uh i i think there so. was an inner there, there was an, i forget which one it was it was there we was did a, a toy cast episode and i broke out crying the first time and you're like wait huh that's what it was that's what it was there we we did um uh it's since been retired but a couple of years ago i started up a, a toy discussion podcast oh, and, okay and uh, episode 87 was all about the 87 turtles the well actually the toys didn't come till 88 but the the eighty seven turtles figure style stuff and okay. we're in this episode and myself and Steve and our our uh, co host uh, Sween Halleck we're like we're all talking and all of a sudden I hear Pat Fraley Crane coming out of Steve and I'm like where the hell did that voice come from because <laughs> it was something Pat Fraley it was something I had ne- like I had heard most of the stuff that he usually does, and it was something that I had never heard before. And I'm like, holy crap! Awesome. <laughs> yeah, when you can still be when you can still be surprised by your friends. I yeah. I sit there, and the sad thing is because I, I work I, I work at a car dealership, but like I this is what I do for fun, so. Right. I sit there and I'll have conversations in different character voices with myself. To the point that people look around at me like I'm crazy. That's actually called schizophrenia, Steve. Yeah, I, I know. It's it's <laughs> when I lose the conversation that something's wrong. It's <laughs> but the conversation's still happening that you have that you run into. Like, <laughs> oh. uh, you know, and and everyone said when um, when Rob got the gig on Turtles, they're like, oh. Why are they making Raphael somebody else and this, that, and the other thing and everything else? I was open to it because I knew Rob and I knew Rob wasn't going to just do he the original voice. He's going to do Raph as Donnie. Yeah, I knew it wasn't going to be that. And, and people will swear up and down and argue with me that it is the same. No, it isn't. Hey. It is so not. Like, there's, there's, 
bring people to me and I will take care of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, I, the, the, the little seven, eight year old in me still loves Rob as Raph, oh, but yeah. the adult in me loves him as Donnie. He is so awesome as Donnie. And the relationship it's... between Donnie and April is just. <laughs> That's just hilarious. A little creepy, well, but also hilarious. <laughs> It's it's creepy, hilarious, and now it's even more creepy and hilarious because they have a love triangle going on between Casey, April, and Donnie. No, I'm like, what is even happening? It's it's uh, the nerdy boy who loses out to the the uh, the cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, Jock! Oh every time stealing my ladies. No, I I remember when I think it was the. F- first or second it might have been the third episode he had a line uh, it was something about donnie having to oh he was complaining about donnie was complaining that he had to use a bow staff and he's like how am i how am i supposed to fight you know advanced alien technology with a stupid stick yeah and it's just the way it's just the way rob does the the, the voice yeah. for donnie where he'll where he'll start off soft and then he'll go into angry mode, and they they did it again more more recently when um, there was an advertisement. I think it was the not this. I think it was like an episode, one of the new episodes from season two, like two weeks ago. I think it was about two weeks ago. And there's a promo where Raph asks him, "What's going on, Donnie?" Oh, gee, I don't know, Raph. The Krang are having a sweet sixteen party, or yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was just. Oh God, he's so good. He really, I mean, he is. The fact that he's that talented and still that nice is almost annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn you! Can't you I, have, can't you have some flaws? I almost wish I would have bumped into him before because I, I never realized it. But he, until we talked to him, uh, mm-hmm. what was it last year? Yeah. Uh, he's two years ago. It, I think we talked was, to him last year, didn't we? You and I did? No, it was 2012. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, 2014 time, now. Get out the program. Yeah, yeah time flies. I forget. Um, <laughs> it's March. Days it again. How did that happen? Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I discovered that he's actually from my hometown area. Are you from Flint? Yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. I have family in Clarkston. Oh, really? That's uh-huh. not very far. Yeah. Hey, Aunt Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Uh, all right. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Um. What's the final question there, Steve? Oh, I was gonna say. Uh, before we close out. Uh, so, what would you suggest to people that are looking into getting into voice acting? You know, that is a super amazing question. And I will just kind of maybe forward on information because I'm still really new at this and I'm chipping away at it and breaking into it. But the thing that I think sticks with me the most is just work on your craft. Don't try to be someone else. Don't try to be Rob Paulson or be like, find where your voice lies in the characters that you're working on. Develop, develop characters like today, for instance. I was, I'm choreographing a show at a high school and a, there were kids who came in who were not the best singers. They're not the best actors and everything, but like 
they had an interesting quality to their voice or an interesting choice with their inflection. And you're like, wow, I can apply that to this character I'm kind of developing or working on. Just find, find the nuances in your performance from all around you and kind of really always be working, always be on top of it, sing and dance and do monologues or beat poetry or anything to get yourself comfortable in front of a microphone and in front of an audience. Because even if you're alone in that booth, there's an audience that, you know, there can be an audience of millions on the other side of that microphone. So always just keep performing all the time. Get your, that's, I think that'd be the best thing that I can do. Like in my downtime, I go and take a dance class or I go and work in a local theater company. Just, there is no, there is nothing that can't, you can't learn a little bit from. I think that would be my biggest advice. Good point. Awesome. Always be on top of it. (laughs) Yep. Would you like to inform the fans of where they can interact with you online? Absolutely. I am the first person to admit that I am the absolute fucking worst at social media. I am just the worst. (laughs) I really hard, guys. I just, I'm so much better at talking to people than I am. Like, I don't know what to say in 140 characters. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at A underscore Ryan C. So that's A underscore R-Y-A-N-C for Twitter. Um, I'm on Facebook, Abby Collins Cluster. And um, that's about all I do in social media because there are far too many other platforms. I'm like, I don't know how to work this. I won't. (laughs) (laughs) This is fine. I can't. Like, I'll get there eventually. But for someone in my 20s, I'm such a technophobe. (laughs) I like talking to people. That's much more fun, Latrell. Oh, that's real old. But yeah, I just... I don't know. I'm getting there, though. I'm taking classes online and how to be better at being online. Is that weird? <laughs> I'm very meta about that. <laughs> My like, wife's like, good thing I have you around, because I know diddly squat about this stuff. Pretty much. I'm like, honey, how do I make Skype work on my phone so I can leave and not be late to rehearsal? <laughs> He's like, just just open the app. It's like, there's <laughs> already there? Oh, Wonderful. But yes, uh, Twitter, Facebook, I'm around. I'm better at Facebook than I am at Twitter, but I'm getting better at Twitter. Very cool, That's where very Mike cool. found me. Mike found me on Twitter. See? Actually, no, we were, we were already friends on Facebook. And Twitter. <laughs> just, Both of us were. Twitter, Twitter, uh, Twitter just happened to, for you to notice the email more. Exactly. But, <laughs> but it happened. See, I look at things on the phone thing. Yeah, on the phone <laughs> thing. thing. In my hand. Yes. Uh, okay, what have you got currently going on that you are in production to do that you can talk about and pimp out? Um, I can talk a little... I just did... Um, there's a... I'm trying to think of the things I'm allowed to talk about. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Or two. Uh, I just did a, um, some work. I'm in process of doing some recording for a video game. Um from a small independent company called up at the games called home and we're uh, the animation for the game's mostly done and we're mostly working on scripting stuff. So uh, that should be coming out later this year, I think. 
Um, but that's pretty much everything else is kind of in a in a NDA. I'm not really allowed to talk about it phase of existence. It's in a what bubble. About your theaters. Oh, <laughs> I can talk about what theater. About... Okay. I'm, in, I'm currently in a production of Thoroughly Modern Millie in Thousand Oaks that opens in uh, opens March 14th. Um, so people can come there. I will keep the Twitterverse updated. I frequently do uh, cabarets and burlesque shows in North Hollywood. So uh, I don't have any of those on the books right now, but look for them in the next few months. Um, but yeah, I do kind of a lot of theater. Uh, is there anything else? Oh, I'm going to be at a, there's a new expo actually that's coming up called Pop Stuff Expo. If you guys want to go on their website, I'm going to be appearing there. That's uh, the weekend of May 10th. Very cool. So yeah, um, and I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to be at BotCon this year too, so. That, that'll be good. Yeah. 30 years, that, yeah. that'll work. Yeah. What about TFCon? Yeah. I, <laughs> hey, if someone asks me, I'll go. Yeah. Yeah. So Very yeah, cool. I'm kind of all over the place. <laughs> all right we would like to thank miss closer for taking the time to chat with us in this special all things transformers interview i'll ask you to hold the line and we'll be back after this bye guys oh yes easily does that technology still exist snake is it for sale this is the world mr draft everything is for sale autobots Transform! So there you have it, folks. That's the interview with Abby Collins Cluster, Starscream's daughter. Uh, it was amazing talking to her. That was so fun. Oh yeah, it was. It was so interesting uh, listening to all the different stories and all of her uh, her personal journey and uh, stuff about her dad and um, all the people she's met through the business. Yeah, can't wait till she gets that website up and going. Just to see all the stuff that she has and to see all the stuff that she's going to put up about her dad. Uh, that'll be awesome. You know, the one thing I forgot to ask her is why the stage name? Because if his name was Chris Collins, why did he use Lada? So maybe I'll ask her an email and I'll put it in the post or something. I don't know. Uh, so there you go, folks. That's one of uh, what hopes to be many different uh, Transformers type of interviews, even though she's she has connections to Transformers, obviously, but she's not in it right now. But uh, here in TFG1, G2, all things Transformers, we, I have plenty of plans to celebrate the thrilling 30th anniversary of Transformers with plenty of new interviews. Oh, yes. Or, as Megatron would say, Yes. Yes. I, I don't know. I think we're going to have to get the real one in here one of these days again. I think you're right, sir. <laughs> All right. We will catch you next time. Transform and roll out. Hi, this is Abby Collins, and you're listening to the Geek Cast Radio Network. <laughs> they simply don't make terrorists like they used to.